Hey, everybody. How's everybody's Monday going? Thank you so much for joining us uh, today for our second episode of Thoughts of a Recovering Addict. I'm telling you, I have been so excited just to getting this podcast and going. You know, episode one, I talked about, you know, why we have addiction and, uh, uh, you know, was excited to get that out there. And But today I am even more excited because I have a special guest uh, with me tonight and uh, we're going to bring her on here in a little bit. Uh, but we're still in the topic of, you know, uh, why we have addiction. Addictions is, is one of those things, those topics that we just don't like to talk about. You know, uh, those of you that know, um, we just recently got a building for our new life recovery center um, that's going to be happening here soon. We're working out, you know, all the logistics right now. But uh, I know that once I went public with that, you know, that was shared about uh, probably about 20, 32 times. And uh, somebody commented it on there and the comment really disturbed me. And basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, why do we need a center here? Why do we need a recovery center here in Alamogordo? It's just going to attract the drug addicts. It's going to attract their friends. And, you know, what do they do when they get out? And, uh, you know, um, basically this person just did not want this recovery center here. Here's the thing. Addictions is already here. It's already here. It's been here for a very, very long time. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? Fentanyl right now is the big topic. And it's like I said, you know, in episode one, did you know that since COVID hit, uh, overdose have increased 29%, 172 people die daily from an overdose. As a matter of fact, as, as we're having this, this podcast interview, somebody just lost their life to an overdose. And, you know, fentanyl right now is really the, really the big, big topic um, you know, because uh, fentanyl is is very potent and it doesn't take much uh, for it to, to kill somebody. And, you know, we were up in Albuquerque, um, I think uh, probably about six months ago uh, there. They call it the, the war zone. And uh, I tell you what, we we were in, in interacting with addicts that were, were, you know, out there walking around and and we went out there to feed them for a couple of days. We went out there to clothe them, give them hygiene products. You know, I was able, and I was able to sit down with people, you know, that were on 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 a, on on drugs. And a lot of them said, yeah, fentanyl's here, you know, and um, we know that it. Or we just don't care. We need to get our high. So, you know, fentanyl right now, you know, is being laced with all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and it's not just the, the most notorious street drugs that we think about. Guess what? It's getting laced with marijuana, too. And this is a very scary, scary uh, place for us to be. And so um, our special guest tonight, she goes by the name of Andy, and she lived here in uh, Alamogordo for about 10 years uh, now she's in a in a tropical state. <laughs> she she left the desert. She got smart. She left the desert and went for a tropical state. But she now lives in uh, Florida, in uh, in Jacksonville, and uh, she lost her daughter last year uh, to fentanyl. And Paige, um, as people know her, at the age of twenty eight, Paige. Um, lost her life to to fentanyl, and you know um, I remember. Um, some locals here where we're posting about it. And I, I tell you what, when, when anybody loses their life to an addiction, 
um, my heart breaks. And as a pastor, you know, uh, I have prayed with many people taking their last breath, uh, you know, being on on the ventilator machine, taking them off the ventilator machine. And, uh, you know, I have prayed with many people over the years uh, that has lost family members to to drugs. And so um, we have our special guest tonight, Andy from Florida, and uh, we're going to go ahead and bring her on here. Andy, hey. how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Anthony? Uh, I'm doing, how's the weather in Florida? It is storming so bad right now. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you need to you need to bring some of those storms here. I know y'all always need the rain. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, I really want to thank you so much for being my first guest on Thoughts of Recovering Addict. By the way, those of you that are watching, you can follow us on YouTube or on Facebook and uh, just like our Facebook page and follow us there on uh, YouTube. But Andy, I really want to thank you for, for coming on. You know, um, I think it was about a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, I interviewed a mother who whose son was addicted to drugs, but I've never interviewed a mother who lost their child. And um, I tell you what, the, the courage that you have today, um, it's just it's just amazing. You know, you're not I understand that, you know, right now you're doing a lot of things uh, in her name. And we're going to talk about that here in, in, in a bit. Uh, but but just thank you so much for for coming on and being willing to share your story, because I believe that it's really going to help somebody out there. Um, that's listening um, uh, uh, today. And so share a little bit. When did you know that Paige was um, addicted to drugs? Well, I knew that Paige in high school smoked weed. Um, and I really didn't have a problem with that. In hindsight, I should have. Um, and I believe that put her in the path for when she went to UNM and went to college, that put her in the path to be around a group of people that are around drugs and one thing evolves to another. But I knew that the real problem was happening was after she graduated and asked for elective surgery um, for her graduation present, which we gave her. And um, I didn't realize at the time, but the doctor had prescribed Oxycontin. And I don't even think at that time I would have even known what Oxycontin was, what the difference was between that and a Vicodin or, you know, she never should have been prescribed this for elective surgery and um, thought she was doing good. And then she had had two credit cards that I had given her no, emergency cards, neither of which she had ever touched. And I got the bill in the mail and both of them were maxed out with cash advances. And that Anthony is the very second I knew that there was, we had a serious problem. Mm. Mm. We were in Seattle at that time and Paige, you know, Paige was in, um, was in Albuquerque and that was our first go around with her stint in rehab. Yeah. How long did she stay there in rehab? She stayed six weeks in that one. And it was probably the worst place I could have sent her. Um, it was on the beaches in California and 
they did not go to even NA meetings. They went to AA meetings. That was their therapy. And they got her hooked on Suboxone, which is, I'm sure you know, just another opiate, 100 times more stronger, more strong than morphine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that as parents, you know, I mean, I have kids, you know, I think as parents, you know, that's kind of one of our fears as parents is that our kids don't get addicted somewhere to something. Um, you know, uh, people use drugs and even alcohol for various reasons. But I mean, I've heard similar stories like that, you know, of somebody that got in a, that was never addicted to anything, you know, and then got in a car accident or had surgery on something and then they end up giving them pills and then just it became something that they just used even after the surgery, you know, and it's something that became a coping mechanism somewhere for them, you know. So I, I, I bet, you know, that was hard on you knowing that, that she was addicted. It's awful. But when I say it affects every area of your life, you know, it's not like when my son would call me, I would be excited to see his name come up on caller ID. Every time Mana called me, my stomach just dropped because I, I knew it was either going to be to ask me for money to try to manipulate some situation. It just was not going to be a good phone call. And so for 10 years, I lived with that. It's a lot. But now it's even more dangerous and more vital for us to get this information out because there are no straight illicit drugs out there on the market. So, and it's being dealt through Snapchat it, to our children. And so we need to make the public aware that it, it's not just the addicts of the world like my daughter, it's kids looking to get high who buy a Percocet off Snapchat and it ends up being fake and it's 100% pure fentanyl. Yeah, That's yeah. our reality right now in this country. Yeah, not only that, but I think that we lack so many resources in the United States. You know, it, it's it's almost like, ah, we know it's here, but hey, you know, they have a choice and which we, we do, everybody has choices. You know, but I'll give you an example. Like, I'm not from Alamogordo. Like, I've only been here going on my seventh year. And we literally have no resources for people who are addicted. You know, that's why this New Life Recovery Center is going to be very, very, very huge here in this city. Because it's something that's so, so needed. You know, it's not a step uh, house. It's not a halfway house. You know, it is a place where people can can get rehabbed, can get off their drugs, can, it's a place that we can get them restored and healed and all kinds of things. You know, I'm going on 11 years and seven months clean and sober, and I know the struggle so much. You know, my, my mama, you know, she prayed for me for 10 years for me to get better. And, uh, you know, my, I remember the day that I, that I started uh, cleaning up, you know, my mom said, uh, listen, my mom said, listen, you know, I can now die in peace because um, I don't have to worry about you getting a phone call, you know, being dead. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, it, it was one of those things that, you know, I, I knew that I had I was going down a road that I should never have went down. And I had a lot of choices in life, you know, but, you know, the reality is that the battle's here, the battle's right in our backyard. And what are we doing about it? But like many moms who who do see their kids get better, there are those that don't see their kids get better. Describe the day to me that 
and everybody listening the day that you got the phone call about Paige? Oh, man. <clears throat> okay. I'll start. I'll, I'll proceed it with the night before because Paige was, had just rented a new apartment and had just gotten the keys. And so she did a FaceTime call with myself and my husband and did a walkthrough. Well, I could tell that she was high when she was showing us her new place. And I had told her previously, I don't want to be around you any longer when you're high. When you're sober, come on. But when you're high, I can't be a part of it. I can't be a part of your life. I love you, but it, it, I just can't. So, of course, I can tell she's high. And the last thing I said to her is, Paige, now, you, you know, I can tell you're high. And so I don't, I can't talk to you. But I love you and I'm proud of you. And we'll catch up later. And then her dad continued to talk with her. So the next morning, it just so happened that he was home from work because it was a weekday. And his phone rang. And he looked at his phone and he said, that's weird. It's Justin. Well, Justin was Paige's ex-boyfriend, the good guy, not the bad guy. And um, I knew right then. I, and I remember standing up because you have anticipatory grief, right? You know that there's a great possibility that it's going to be inevitable, inevitable that your child is going to die from drugs. The odds are against them. So I had what is called anticipatory grief. Yeah. I stood up and um, I heard Justin say the word, she's dead. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, so the police did call me, the Santa Fe um, Sheriff's Department did, did call me to, to give me the death notification. And when I asked him if this was going to be investigated and um, I was told no, that she was just another addict and this was just another overdose mm. and they would not even be opening up an investigation to her death. And at that point, I wanted to scream and say, she is my daughter. She is my mom's granddaughter. She is an aunt a sister she is loved she's not everybody can be an addict right you look at her and she looks so beautiful she doesn't look like an addict she is exactly every single addict out there and our perception of addicts needs to change along with everything else yeah see and i didn't i see i didn't even think i was an addict because i was was called a functioning addict mm. You see, I mean, I paid my bills, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I provided for my family, you know, my family never lacked anything. And so therefore I never even considered myself an addict, even though I drink all the time, do drugs all the time, you know, but, but somewhere in there, we have to understand that people are hurting deep down inside and, and, and they need help. The truth and reality is they need help. You know, as you're talking, you know, and, and, you know, you're sharing your story about how, you know, the day you got the phone call. I remember one day my mom literally busted down my door. I had been on a three-day binge 
And I answered my phone for a whole day. And people literally thought I died. Yeah. And she busted down my door. And, you know, my mom just laid into me and said, listen, if you don't get better, you're going to die. That's what she told me. You're going to die if you don't get better. And your kids need you and you need to do something about it. And I tell you what, that was a day that I decided to get some help. But I mean, I called about eight or nine places. And by the time I got to the last one, you know, they were willing to work on payments. See, everybody wants money when it comes to getting you better, you know, and I think that's a problem with a lot of the programs that we have today. So it's been a year now. It will be a year October 1st. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. What have you done in the meantime, what 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 are you doing now? You know, and bringing awareness to fentanyl. What are you doing now? Being a voice for Paige. Sure. Well, it's easy to be her voice because somebody needs to be her voice, and somebody needs to be the voice for all of these young people that are dying. Up to three hundred and fifty a day, by the way, die for fentanyl. Um. And I did want to backtrack one thing when you were talking about the isolation. I, I did want to backtrack before we talk about what I'm doing now to let you know that COVID had a really big effect on Paige and on many other addicts that I have spoken with. She was doing good. She was doing great. And then it got cut. Then her job got got. She wasn't cut, but her hours got cut and she went into a different capacity with that company. And she was completely alone then where she's a very social person. And I believe that that the the isolation um, that New Mexico placed on its residents is what helped to lead to her relapse. Yeah, and, and we knew that. We yeah. knew that was going to happen. I mean, you can't isolate somebody, you know, that is dealing with, with so much, you know. And I'm really glad you're speaking on that. I mean, I think that needs to be heard. You know, we were never meant to be isolated. We were meant to be out. We were meant to be around other people, you know. And, and I truly believe that's why overdoses have gone on 29%. And so, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. And I agree with you 100%. But now what I'm doing is I'm doing very little because I'm just a little tiny fish in a huge pond that I never wanted to be swimming in. Hmm. So I'm doing what I can. I'm doing awareness. I'm getting involved. I'm contacting the media. I'm speaking out. I've spoken to Derek Maltz about an idea that I have for a law or a bill or procedure. It's in its very infant stages. Um, if it takes off, I will be shouting that from the rooftops. Um, I've also had, had this idea that in order for us moms and dads and, and survivors, I should just say survivors, of losing a child that has been poisoned by fentanyl, not overdosed, poisoned by fentanyl. Um, that why we need a mad moment, a mothers against drunk driving moment. Mm. They think about how that group of angry moms turned around this country's whole perception on drunk driving, right? They changed the way that we dealt with it. My goal 
if I could could die and leave one thing in my legacy, I would want it to be, I don't know if we ride on Mad's coattails, if we get into partnership with them, if we start a separately different, but that is what I want to see happen. I want to see our voices so loud and so strong that y'all can't ignore us anymore and that we're going to make some changes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm with you hundred percent, you know, um, I'm not a very political person at all. Anybody that ever know any, anybody that knows Anthony is not a very political person, but you know, um, I don't, I do know we need change in the state of New Mexico. We really do. I'm sure Florida is the same way. It's you know, country, yeah, yeah, it's a cost. Yeah. Up this detox recovery center soon. I'm actually trying to get some uh, local officials involved to say, hey, there is a crisis here in New Mexico that nobody's talking about. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about hunger. We're talking about other, other things, but nobody's really tackling the opioid crisis that is going on nationwide. And New Mexico, I mean, geez, we got the border right down the street. You know, know, drugs come in like you wouldn't believe. And so I'm starting to tag these locals officials in some of my Facebook posts. I'm, I'm trying to get them to look this way in a little old city in Alamogordo, just saying, what re what more resources can the state provide for us to get a handle on this opiate crisis? You know, invaluable, so Anthony, what you're doing is invaluable. And you see the bigger picture, right? You see where it's going where it has been you see the growth you understand what's going to happen and i think we need to make the average citizen who maybe doesn't have a drug addict in their life doesn't know anything about fentanyl we need to bring them awareness and education yes otherwise what's the point yes yes and i agree with you a hundred percent and i'll tell you what you are going to make a big difference and you don't even know it. And I, and listen, I just really want to tell you this publicly. Don't get don't get discouraged. Every day you keep going, being a voice for Paige, being a voice for those that lost their life to fentanyl, being that that strength for mothers and dads and spouses who can't even get out of bed, who can't even get outside the house because they just maybe in severe depression because of losing their loved ones to drugs. And so you keep on going every day. And I tell you what, there's a little Hispanic guy all the way from Alamogordo, New Mexico, <laughs> that is cheering you on. Me and my wife, me and my wife, my wife, Sasha, we are your biggest supporters here in New Mexico because listen, I believe in you. I believe that you can make a difference. And I believe that you are already making a difference just by being on this podcast. So listen, I, I applaud you. And now you have brother a brother for life. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so very much. Your words mean everything to me because in helping people, I find that that's how I help myself, you know, by sharing her, her story and maybe preventing somebody, you know, a tragedy because no mother should ever have to go through this anthony it ruins your life it just and i'm trying to think of ways i can describe describe it because i know we had talked and you had said well if you could say you know what difference has it made since she passed i mean i i was talking to rick about it and i said it's more like what difference hasn't there been made because everything has changed I have changed. My marriage has changed. My relationship has changed. My boundaries have changed. 
every single thing that was me for 59 years is is not me anymore and that's that's really hard on a marriage and on relationships in general it just affects every single part of your life yeah 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 well if we, if we have i'm sure we might have a mother um a dad a spouse maybe that's listening right now and they lost their loved one to drugs what would you tell them right now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get off the screens. I want you to blow up here. Oh, no. Talk to them personally. I'm not worthy. It's okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hi, everybody. I guess my message to other people, parents of children, is one pill will kill. this campaign. We called it One Pill Can Kill. But with the addition of Snapchat becoming a huge distributor of fentanyl to our children, um, one fentanyl pill will kill. It takes 0.2 micrograms. That is like two grains of salt, to put it into perspective, to kill an adult human. Education, education, talk to your children. But also, the one thing that has helped me that um, other other people don't have the um, maybe the the luxury of having is I'm so I'm so sorry somebody's calling me right in the middle of this and my phone is going off. Um, I have the luxury of having. A family that loves me and surrounds me and cares for me and in being raised that way I never ever ever gave up on Paige and that's my biggest message there are parents that are just devastated even more so because they practice hard love and they they lost their child without ever talking to them again don't ever give up on your kid. If that means hard love, then by all means, be hard. If it means soft, a soft place to fall at that point in time, then be a soft place to fall. Put your boundaries in place. It took until after my daughter died for me to learn my own boundaries. And that's a shame because maybe if I had listened to those earlier, I wouldn't be in this position now. I'll never know also reach out you can reach out to me you can reach out to anybody in any of our groups we are all your sisters and your brothers now we are all a member of a club we never wanted to be in but here we are and you know what we're killing it so we need to just be louder and louder and louder and we'll never go away and to all of my moms and dads out there Y'all are all just as strong as I am. We all choose to get up and function every single morning. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. <laughs> That's so good. That's so you good. You could have warned me about that question, Anthony. <laughs> Listen, those of you that are watching, we talked about 
the questions that I was going to ask her, but I just had to throw this one in, here, <laughs> you know. So, but hey, listen, um, before we end here in a bit, I, I want to just talk to you real quick about my book, uh, Letters to My People Thoughts of a Recovering Addict. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, this is 10 years in the writing, and it's, it's even though I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian, this is not a preachy book. It's sharing my story and how I was addicted to cocaine and pills and alcohol and how it affected everybody around me. And so this is right now is in the prison system in the state of New Mexico. Um, if you'd like to help sponsor some books to get into prison, you can private message me after this broadcast. Um, but I just want to kind of share this with you uh, real quick. And also go on um, YouTube and type in Recovered Addict. Just subscribe to our page. You can follow me on my personal page um, uh, because I do believe that it's a time that we all need to come together. We all need to come together. Go, go follow Andy on her page. She's doing wonderful things there in Florida. And, uh, and my, my heart is that we can continue, like you said, to be a voice. Uh, continue to be a voice nice and loud for those uh, that you know uh, lost their lives to to uh, to drugs but it is a time that we do need to come together so andy anything else for our listeners anything that that i failed to mention anything that you want to share to be an encouragement to any of our listeners today before we end this broadcast um one thing really quick is i know people's perception is is that all of the illicit drugs out there are laced with fentanyl. They're not laced with fentanyl. They're made with fentanyl intentionally. And I think that's a big, so we prefer when you're talking to a parent who has lost a child due to drugs, we prefer that you not call it an overdose because say they wanted to take a Xanax or wanted to take a Percocet and get high, but it kills him. If that would have been a real pill, a real Percocet or a real Xanax, it would not have killed them. It's the fentanyl that is mixed into it that is causing these deaths. So we call it poison because that's what it is. And, um, there are no illicit drugs out there that do not contain fentanyl. The only drug that I'm aware of that is laced with fentanyl is street weed. And you guys, you got to be careful. Yeah. 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 It's just not worth it. Yeah. We just had uh, somebody uh, uh, go on here and give a comment. Uh, they said, uh, what is your last name? So your full name, last name, so they can locate your page so they can follow you. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think you might have, I think I'm, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, oh now I can. Yeah. 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 So I have somebody here asking what is your first and last name so they can locate your page on Facebook. Oh, sure. Sorry. We're having a storm and you froze up. My name is Andrea and my last name is Lee. Um, my middle name is Summerfeld. I'm going to spell it because it's Andrea Summerfeld Lee. S-O-M-M-E-R. F-E-L-D. And yeah, send me a friend's request. I'd love to be friends with everybody and see what a difference we can make. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, before we end, we're going to give it a couple of more minutes. Does anybody have any questions for Andy uh, now that she's on here live? Anybody have any questions for her? We'll give it a couple of minutes. Uh, so, well, listen, I hope we can get some of that rain down here in New Mexico. You know, Alamogordo, it's dry. Uh 
right now. <laughs> and I can't wait to meet you because Rick still has some cars in in um, in Alamogordo in a storage locker. So we're we'll be heading back. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good to make a connection with you. You know, if you get in town, I mean, my wife would love to take you guys uh, out to out, out to dinner. And uh, pray for us down here. Those of you that are listening, you know, right now we're working on grant writing to make this recovery center a reality, you know. And so my, my favorite saying is I have a lot of great ideas. I just don't have any. I just don't have any money, <laughs> you know. So but um, hopefully soon this detox recovery center, new life recovery center will be available to the men here in Alamogordo. Then after that, we're going to work on getting a women's facility. But uh, I don't see anybody else that has uh, chimed sure. in or asked any questions. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah. <laughs> but, but listen, I, Andy, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for for taking a little bit of time out of your busy day, sharing your story, sharing your heart, sharing, you know, your, your, your trials at the time that you're in right now. And uh, thank you so much for, for all that you do. Of course, my brother will keep in touch and thank you for giving us this opportunity to speak. If it wasn't for people like y'all, our voices would not be heard as loudly. So thank you very much, Anthony. Well, listen, stay on. Don't, don't leave just yet. Okay. okay? So listen, I want to thank you so much for um, chiming into episode two, Thoughts of a Recovering Addict. I am your host, Anthony Torres. You can follow me on Facebook. You can also go to my other Facebook page and follow Recovered Addict and go to YouTube. episodes uh, coming up. And so I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in uh, tonight as I was able to interview our special guest, Andy, and continue to pray for her, uh, continue to, to pray that God will give her the strength that she needs. Uh, I tell you what, I, I personally could do nothing without our Lord, and I'm so thankful for his strength every, every single day. And uh, let that be a word for all of us today. Let's continue to be a voice uh, let's continue to come together. The battle has just begun. It's been here for a long time, but but we need to continue to fight this battle on fentanyl. We need to continue to fight this battle uh, on those that are just losing their lives uh, to drugs. And so I won't stop till my last breath. I know Andy won't stop till her last breath. Uh, but till then, this is uh, Anthony Torres, and this is episode two of Thoughts of a Recovering Addict. Stay tuned for episode three. Everybody have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye.